0: What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone numbers 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. And um. so Captain Kirk up into space has returned. He was only up there for like a minute. Um, now, I don't know. Maybe this is just coincidental, But as he's in space for the minute or two, I see this story move. An international team of astronomers has detected unusual signals coming from the heart of the Milky Way galaxy. So you're telling me that the moment we send Captain Kirk into space, we start getting unusual signals from the heart of the Milky Way galaxy. Does that seem odd to anybody else besides me? That seems odd. It, that just seems odd. I'm not sure. Not sure what. Well, they say it's a new class of stellar objects could be the source. No idea what that means either. Just seems odd. A little coincidental. Of course, now I got to wonder, like, maybe we should have sent Captain Kirk to space, like, I don't know, 40 years ago. Why didn't anybody think of doing this before? What's up, NASA. What, what, why wouldn't you have sent some of these people up into space before? How come it takes the private sector to, like, hey, why don't we send, you know, Captain Kirk into orbit? And what's up? Where's Leonard Nimoy? How come they all didn't go together? That would be the next mission. And get Sulu up there. Um, is that all that? Yeah. Yes, you got to throw a Yeoman Johnson up there. Somebody that gets killed. You got to have somebody in there, the fodder, you know, the guy who like beams down and gets whacked every time, like that guy. You got to have somebody up there too. But uh, congratulations! I'm not sure uh, if he did get to pick his own price for that trip, but uh, uh, congrats to William Shatner. Alrighty, so we are now in day. What day are we? Is this day three? Like I, I, I will count my own interest in this story and I'll count it as day two. Okay, but it is kind of like day three because. The video that was circulated by the leftist super PAC of the Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson came from a video shot back in June. The thing's been posted on YouTube for months. But the leftist super PAC pushes it out to the media and the media is like, I will take that water. Thank you very much. And they race out and, uh, you know, play the game, defend or disavow. And so that's where we have been uh, since the weekend. Now, Mark Robinson put out his statement over the weekend. He did it. Uh, in a video uh, format. He put it up on his Facebook page. And uh, then we had, that was over the weekend, then uh, Monday we covered it on the program. Then yesterday there was the press conference that was held by a couple of state lawmakers who are Democrats. Um, oh, shout out to Charlotte City Councilman Braxton Winston, who apparently made the the drive up to Raleigh so he could sit off to the side and, and be at the news conference. I, I'm pretty sure it was him. He was wearing a mask, but I'm pretty sure it was him sitting off to the side doing the head nodding and the head shaking at all the appropriate times. And um, I'm not, maybe he was there for some other reason, but he he made the trip and he was at the press conference. Uh, I've got the audio. It's pretty terrible because nobody thought to mic the thing properly, I guess. I don't know why, but um, gosh, it just drives me nuts. As a guy who used to cover news conferences, like this is pretty... This is, this is basic stuff, but whatever. Um, I've got some of the clips from that. I will play, and then, so this was yesterday morning, but we knew that Robinson was going to then do his own press conference after I got off the air. Coincidental? Yes, more than likely coincidental, completely coincidental, actually. But uh, he he was going to do his press conference afterwards, which, by the way, that's why I didn't ask the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, anything about it because uh, Mark Robinson was going to make comments about it. So let's just wait and see what Robinson has to say and, uh, and we'll go from there. So I watched his press conference and it went uh, about as one would expect. So um, I've got audio. I've got all of the audio from the press conference. It lasted, well, his statement lasted about, uh, I want to say about eight minutes. And uh, then there was the Q and a, and that ran a, little bit less than that Uh, I thought some decent questions but also huge blind spot and so let me just throw this out there right now sort of walking into this discussion a couple things a couple caveats okay number one um, I cannot imagine uh, what it must be like to have your brain telling you that you are not what you are I don't know what that must feel like. I think this is a blind spot that a lot of conservatives have on this issue when it comes to transgenderism, gender dysphoria. That there is this, uh, there's a lack of understanding about what the mind is telling somebody. And this really became clear to me. And, and by the way, I say that because people who are experiencing the this kind of dysphoria, they deserve empathy they don't deserve to be yelled at and here's my analogy i use this because to me it's similar which is uh anorexia or uh trans ableism is another one there there's such a thing yeah yeah there's such a thing and i never i never knew this happened but there was uh there was one story um you may recall i think it was eric robert rudolph the The bomber, the abortion clinic bomber. Remember his brother cut off his arm on a table saw when the media was outside of his house? Do you remember that guy? I think it was uh, Eric Robert Rudolph's brother. And that's the only time I had ever heard of anybody doing something like maiming themselves on purpose. And he did it for some sort of, well, delusional reason. I don't remember what it was. But there are people that maim themselves. Because their mind is telling them that they are, in fact, disabled in some way, shape, or form. And to me, that's a very similar kind of affliction. And I don't know what that must be like either, to have your brain telling you that your arm is not yours. It it, it should never have been attached, that you're actually armless. Like, I don't know what that must, must be like. Got a tweet from Tim who said on the people maiming themselves, search for Jewel Shooping." She was living in North Carolina and had a psychiatrist intentionally blind her. And I, I do remember this story. I think I, I covered this story at one point uh, years ago. And um, he said now she's on disability. I saw her on Twitter the other day complaining about how the disabled transit services were lacking and how she needed more support. Right. Um, She was, uh, she believed that she should have been blind and had for most of her life, she would blindfold herself, close her eyes, walk around, like pretend to be blind. I don't know why that she just thought she should be blind. She didn't think she should be sighted. And so this uh, psychiatrist, I guess, in a uh, trans-ableist affirming intervention Helped to blind her, and uh, mission accomplished. And now she's on disability, but she's living her truth, and that's what matters, right? <clears throat> and so I'm not sure that we want a society where you tell people because honestly, like I, like I've tried and I've had this this philosophical discussion with many people over the years. And I try to find the daylight between that story of the woman blinding herself or people who, you know, chop off their arms or legs or cripple their uh, their legs so they cannot walk any longer. Um, but also people who starve themselves because their perception of self is not congruous with their uh, with Uh, with what is real right they think that they are uh way fatter than they actually are and so they they make themselves vomit they starve themselves and no matter what you tell them that you need to eat because you're only you know 43 pounds um they don't believe you because their mind is telling them that they're not what they are I cannot imagine the torture that that must be. And I don't say these things in order to make people feel bad. I don't say them in order to harm or to whip up anger at people or anything like that. I say it because I don't know what that's like. But I also don't think that it's wise for me to encourage somebody to keep starving themselves. Right? Because there are real negative consequences for that right death being one of them so i and i'm also not sure that the way to make the uh the mental image of who you are line up with the reality i'm not sure the way to do that is to feed the mental image because the mental image can change and i i know firsthand how that happens uh, it, it does. The mental image of self can change. I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, first, I will jump over here. Let's go to William. Hello. Welcome to the show, William. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: This thing with this homosexual. What? This thing, Jeff Jackson, he's one of the good old boys of things. He can't stand that a black man was actually. New- Elected lieutenant governor in the state of North Carolina.
0: you think that the state senator, Jeff Jackson, can't stand that a black person is elected lieutenant
1: governor? uh, Any black person.
0: Any black person is elected statewide?
1: None of them been elected governor or lieutenant governor before
0: the... Uh, Say again?
1: None of them been elected... a, governor, a lieutenant governor in this state before.
0: And so you think that that pleases Jeff Jackson. Do you know Jeff Jackson? Nope. Never met him. How would you know that then?
1: Because the, the 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 way he carries himself and all. Well, most of them do that. I mean, they just think black people are so stupid that they'll do anything they tell them. And there's a beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure you can, just by the way he carries himself, I'm not sure you can make that kind of assessment. You probably should get that. It's going to be a way more interesting call than that one was. Uh, let me go over here to Mark. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the show. What's going on? How are you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, good.
2: Uh, the uh, woman that you talked about being blinding herself, Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring that up. And I guess it goes to the point that, in her case, I think she regretted it after about an hour or two now she's living out her uh her desires but i think the thing that mr robinson is trying to stress is yes uh transgenderism and so forth is a mental illness and shouldn't be encouraged and uh taught so there is and i think that's where the problem is
0: well that, and that's part of it we also under i mean i understand that what robinson is espousing there is very similar to what is espoused from the pulpits in a great many church all over the land this is not a new idea in uh in uh christianity right and he well, even and- ties in evil and ties in demon uh you know uh he says it's a uh, demonic right like the this transgenderism and so like there is a there's an in, uh, there's a school of thought right that that attaches these types of Um, destructive and dangerous things to the devil. Because this is something I think a lot of folks that aren't particularly religious don't really understand about Christians is that when they say, you know, we believe in God, you also believe in the devil. And as such, you recognize the devil attempts to do things on earth too. So why wouldn't they see the devil's actions in things that are destructive? And I think that makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. But that is what Robinson is discussing.
2: Right, and I don't necessarily disagree with him. It uh, doesn't mean you go out and burn these people at the stake. Uh, you should probably try to help them overcome right. this mental illness that has been imposed by the devil, if you will.
0: Right, yeah. It, there's, and this is the beef that I have with Robinson on the way he approached this, was that it, it, it didn't seem very Christian-like. You know, it just it didn't seem like a way to persuade people, to me.
2: Well, he was making these comments before a Baptist congregation, True. It's kind of to be expected right. you know, you in the audience, right? True. Uh, True enough. So, I, I, mean, I don't think it's a, a big issue.
0: I got you, Mark. I appreciate the call, man. Good to hear from you. By the way, uh, in about an hour, I'll be interviewing an author named Virginia Postrel about a book called The Fabric of Civilization. So uh, stick around for that. Um, one other point here uh, in uh, to address what uh, Mark was talking about before the news break there, that there is a mental health component to this. And rather than fight on the bathroom front, maybe we should be fighting on the mental health front. And that might prompt a more empathetic approach. That doesn't automatically turn people off because that is part like this. Like there is if you are out just simply seeking to proselytize, then OK, have at it. Now, if you are if you are out to uh, to you know convince people to vote for you, politics being downstream of the culture, do you think people want to hook their wagons to the guy screaming and berating people? saying their acts are sinful or do you think more people are going to want to hook their wagons to the people who seem to be more caring? Right? And by the way, this is not uh this is not like, you know, Nobel Prize winning analysis here obviously. This is pretty basic and Democrats have been doing this my entire adult life, right? Everything is about how they care. Every story like they they govern by anecdote, right? They say, "Oh, I got this letter from a constituent." and They read the letter and it's, "Oh my gosh, it's such a terrible thing." It's become, it's become so formulaic now that people are a lot of times just ignoring the first half of what Democrats say because they just they start off with these stories about some constituent and then it's like, "Okay, get to the policy where you gouge us," you know. Media does the same thing because, of course, they do. I mean, how many stories do you read in the media where it starts off with, you know? Pete Callender grew up a poor sharecropper. Like, it always starts with something like that, right? Some sort of humanizing angle to a story or issue. And that is by design. I was taught the same thing when I went to college and took journalism. That's the way you're supposed to write to get people interested in the topic. So why not apply this to politics? All right, let me jump over here. This is... Marie, welcome to the show. Hello, Marie. How are you? Hi, Pete. How are you? Hey, I am well. What's up? Hey, Pete. I'd like
1: to reiterate on something. Uh, uh, The lieutenant governor, Mark Robinson, is a fine, godly man. They only took half of what he said and made a big deal out of it. They didn't see the fact that there were actual pictures of young men doing things Mm -hmm. sexually to each other. Mm Mm-hmm. That's
0: what disgusted him. Well, so yes, in his uh, in his news conference and in his video that he put out over the weekend, he uh, he showed those images and talked specifically about those materials. Yes, but at the uh, at the church service, and I played large chunks of the audio from that on Monday. Um, I mean, he was talking about education in general. He did not mention the materials. He did not mention those books. He did not get specific on any of that stuff. He's, he, he was talking about how the church needed to uh, view some of these what are you know deemed to be political issues They need that the church needs to re-engage because these are spiritual issues. And he has talked about this before in the past. And he was connecting education in general to a leftist ideology and infusion of these concepts into education. And so, no, he didn't specifically call out those books or those examples um, specifically in his, uh, his speech from the pulpit.
1: Yes, and I, and I think what he's disgusted about is a CRT being pushed on our kids. Yeah. And that's the main thing. And he's right. The church should get involved. Yeah. And, because and, they need to teach the young, young people.
0: Right, and that was his point, and again, we can debate whether that is uh, the proper path or the best path for the church to take or not, And individual churches and members of the church. All of that is ancillary, right? I, I agree. So, Marie, thanks for the call. I agree that the way the coverage has skewed in the wake of the publication of the video, it is to ignore his larger point, right, the broader context of what it was that he was uh, calling for, which was for Christians and the church to engage in the fight. Now, he says that, uh, and has before, and you're going to hear one of these questions thrown to him from Laura Leslie from WRAL. And um, one of these questions uh, talks about previous appearances that he has made in various churches. And one of them, at one of these things, he says that uh, transgenderism is demonic, I I believe is what he referred to as. And so does that mean that he's calling all transgender people demons no and so we see this is here's the problem this is this requires nuance it requires uh reflection at, at the complexity and an acceptance that people who are informed by faith are going to arrive at different conclusions than other people who are informed by their faith they can arrive at different conclusions and for him he sees the influence of these concepts as straight from Satan himself, right? And you don't have to. Now the question now is: Does he uh, does he get to hold office if he believes in these things? Because the left will say no, and if that's the case, well then I think there are probably a couple of pro life Democrats that need to quit their jobs too, right? Because hasn't that been their argument for years? I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I would never pass a law that would project my faith onto others. Right? Isn't that your standard? Here's a tweet from Justin sent to my uh, Twitter account, at Pete Callender, by the way. The challenge is that we are talking about what Robinson said rather than the topic he was talking about. What's being taught in schools, specifically these materials. Right. This is the problem when you mess up the message, if that was, in fact, the message. Like, to me, his speech was, hey, you church people need to get involved because you've got people that are, you know, infusing K-12 government education with all of these ideologies. And as I went over the other day like this, because now we're having this fight over, are these materials taught, quote unquote, in the classroom. Or are they just available? And this is the fallback position Democrats in the media, but I repeat myself, are taking, which is that, well, some of these are they're just books in a school library, here and there, couple districts, whatever, not a big deal. It's not like they're being taught, which of course is that is misleading, shall we say. It's misleading because the concepts are very much infused in everyday life in k-12 right they of course they would be all you need is you know someone in the school building for this and in the class right we talked about um i think recently we we, we uh, played some video from a teacher who was you know self-flagellating on video on a tiktok video about how you know some uh a student of hers had just Decided to change their pronouns and the teacher mispronounced her or misgendered her or whatever, dead named her. And uh, dead named means when you use the person's previous name, right? And look, there's, you know, some folks are gonna have to get a little bit more charitable towards others. That's just kind of in general. Let's just have that as a rule. But um, if you've been going by a particular name for a very long time and then you change the name, and you are also requiring people to change what they have known to be grammar and vocabulary for decades, maybe. I think, I don't know, you should you should give them a little latitude on that, you know? <laughs> because uh, breaking language habits is pretty difficult. I know. I'm in radio. You know how many crutches I've had to break? Am I allowed to say that word? Right, but like these verbal crutches that I use and have throughout my life. What not is one, um, is another, right? There are, right, I just said it, is another. These are verbal crutches people use, and it's part of their vocabulary. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes I say when people say, you know what I mean? They say it a lot. I start replying, yeah, you just explained it. (laughs) <laughs> so, I think we should all be a little bit, you know, give give each other some space, be a little charitable on this stuff. But this idea that this isn't being taught in classrooms, no, but it's being affirmed, and and teachers will tell you, and and K twelve educators and such will tell you that it is right and good and necessary and healthy to do that affirmation in the classroom in school. That that's what they are there to do, right? So it doesn't necessarily have to be just material provided in a library because the concepts are taught throughout education, K-12 and into college, to the teachers, to the, the college students who are becoming teachers, right? That all of this ideology is part and parcel of the K-12 government school system, It, it the model. It's part of it. So please, you know... Don't whiz on my boot and tell me it's raining. Like, I understand what the play here is. I understand why you're, you know, going after Robinson. There's politics. But also there are people like, oh, he, you know, that, that there are people that are super, super sensitive to this. And they don't like the fact that people disagree with him. Look, I don't know what to tell you. There are people who hate me and have hated me my entire career because of what I do and where I work. You know what I can do about that? Nothing. Pound sand. I don't care. Like, seriously, I don't care. There are, there are elected officials that think I am an awful person, and I still don't care. It doesn't matter to me. My sense of self is determined by me. Yours should be determined by you. And if somebody has a religious belief that runs counter to that, you're not, you're not injured. Here's a great way of looking at it. This actually came from uh, advice I got a long time ago is regarding dating. And it was this guy who was telling me this tactic that his, his brother would do. And he would go to a club and he would just go up to it. Like every single girl, he would walk up and say, hey, you want to dance? And she'd say no. And he'd go right to the next one. Hey, do you want to dance? And eventually somebody would say yes. And that was it. All it takes is a mind shift to say, oh, I miscalculated that person. I thought that they were something, and they're not. I'm I'm out. I'm moving on. But people get this... It, it's this victimhood mentality, and it's so destructive. And it is on the right. It is on the left. And people need to recognize it and avoid it. Let me get... Uh, hang on. Let me get another Mark Hi, on Pete. before the news. Hello, Mark. Real quick. What's up?
1: What's up is... My goodness, Pete. You've been speaking my language, and... Uh, on this, and I was getting really tired of, of um, you know stepping, stepping away from my solid, uh, uh Catholic faith that my parents raised, raised me in. And I, but however, in college, I learned that I got questions answered that, oh, this is what my mom and dad were trying to tell me, mm-hmm. and I want to quickly plug a book by A. D. H. Williams. Assistant Professor of uh, Patristics in Historical Theology at Loyola University of Chicago, published by Erdman's, called Retrieving the the Tradition and Renewing Evangelicalism, a Primer for Suspicious Protestants. I applaud the law authority the the, uh, North Carolina lieutenant governor is doing, Mm -hmm. and I don't have a dog in this fight. I, I live across the border, so I have a benefit of... Mm-hmm. of, uh, your station, you know, uh, getting in-depth of what's going on in the Capitol, and, uh, I thank you for your career in that, and, and I have things, too, in books I've read, and I talk about them, in you know, a church setting, and people just drop their, drop their mouths and tell me, we've never done it, we never thought of that way before.
0: Well, so, uh, Mark, I, pr- I appreciate the, the kind words, thanks for the call, and the book recommendation, um, It is, I think it's one of the things that a lot of people retreat from the fight, thinking that that will insulate them, and it won't. And uh, it's sort of like when you protect the kids from all sorts of questions about faith, then they get to college, they meet their first atheist who raises all these questions, the kid doesn't know how to answer them, and the next thing the kid becomes an atheist, because they don't have answers because no one addressed them for the kid their entire life growing up. All right, news is next.